0: Welcome into the newest edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We've had the little thing called the MLB trade deadline in effect, typically record on Mondays and it's released by Tuesday. But with the trade deadline, there's no point to talk about all these hypotheticals just for less than 24 hours later to be like, well, that's not right. That's not right. Or this didn't happen and so forth. So now that the trade deadline has passed, as we're recording about 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday, August 2nd, I am joined by Matt Sells at the Salesman on Twitter and James Grande, the underscore King on Twitter at the underscore real underscore Grande. So Matt, we'll start with you like I always do. How is everything going for you in your neck of
1: the woods? Well, it'd be better if my air conditioning didn't go out earlier <laughs> today. Uh, it's like 107 here in Lincoln right now, and it's currently 78 and climbing in my house. Um so luckily we called in the air conditioning folks. They'll be here tomorrow at some point, but not an ideal time for air conditioning to go out, especially when I'm like sweating bullets over here with who's getting traded and uh, what moves are happening. So it's, that's not great. Uh, I knew most of the deals for the Nats that were gonna happen today. I basically had accepted those. So that wasn't necessarily a shock. Um, but there were plenty of other shocks that happened along the way.
0: Yeah, we will definitely talk about some of those. But James, uh, MLB trade deadline today is coming past. Matt's got the AC issues. Hopefully everything is uh, good for you. But how are you doing, my man?
2: <laughs> well, Matt has the AC issues. I also had a power outage in my neighborhood for the last two hours, um, two hour, two and a half, uh, due to some trees falling on the power line. So... Um, what a great deadline it was for all of us here at Fantasy Alarm, and uh, I'm so happy to uh, to be back in action. Um, after you know, I put a little ice on my arm, and I'm 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 warming up in the bullpen, ready to go for the doubleheader. So, uh, other than that, I'm great. Uh, also a little sweaty because you know still taking a little bit for the air to kick on, but uh, no complaints otherwise. Colby, uh, pre- I hope you've had a great trade deadline yourself.
0: <laughs> I am tired. I am tired too. <laughs> say the least, been writing all these up. So obviously we're going to talk about a bunch of the deals that happened leading up to the deadline. Uh, It's going to be nearly impossible for the three of us to opine on all of these deals here in this podcast. So make sure you head over to fantasyalarm.com. Check out the MLB trade deadline tracker. Most, if not all, or mostly all of the deals there, at least the fantasy relevant ones for the most part are included in there. So check it out with analysis, talking about some prospects, even linked over to Matt sells prospect report for some of the more higher profile prospects that were included in some of
1: these deals. Yeah, that will be Wednesday's prospect report. So probably later in the day when you're listening to this, my updated prospect report will come out. I will have all of the moves and updated rankings and adjustments there. We'll talk about updated team ranks and all that good stuff. So uh, I will have that out on Wednesday for all you good folks. Yep. So basically, your plan of attack here
0: is once you get, once you see the notification about the podcast episode being available, check out the trade deadline tracker in one tab, open the prospect report in the other tab of your internet and make sure you check everything out. But Matt, I'm going to start with you here because I was looking at your prospect report and seeing these possible trade packages for Juan Soto. Uh, and obviously, being a Nats fan, you had a fairly good idea of maybe what you expected with a little bit of a blend of what you wanted to get in return there for uh, one guy named Juan Soto, and also Josh Bell ended up going too, but I'll let you kind of talk about that a little bit. But you seem to have hit the nail on the head for the Soto package, but also, like I said, Josh Bell was included. So, Matt, the stage is yours. Talk about your team sending Juan Soto over to San Diego.
1: Yeah, so I think – I think a lot of people weren't 100% sure that the deal was actually going to happen. I saw a lot of people this morning on Twitter saying, oh, it's just smoke and fire, and they're just trying to generate clicks for things, which I don't even begin to understand that argument, but (laughs) um, it was pretty clear pretty early on that Soto just does not want to be in D.C. anymore, right? You say no to two of the largest, um, you know, contract offers in MLB history. It's pretty clear you don't want to be there. AAV aside, I don't care. It's a lump sum check of a lot of money um so the thing that kind of surprised me was josh bell being included i know the nats did this with scherzer and trey turner last year to up the prospect hall and it turns out that they wanted um jarlin susana really badly from the padres and so that's what got josh bell included now bell is a rental through the end of this year so that's not so bad um But, yeah, I mean, if you're San Diego, you're incredibly happy right now, right? You've got Juan Soto for, at minimum, two and a half years. Um, They were talking that they might try to extend him in this offseason. We'll see how that goes. Um, And now you get Tatis back, like, next week. So now you've got Tatis, Machado, and Soto in the middle of that lineup, which is pretty impressive. I don't think we have to go much into the fantasy value of Juan Soto. This doesn't change anything. In fact, it probably helps him because he's got a better lineup around him and basically the same, you know, park factors. In terms of prospects, I am very happy with what the Nats got. I might be the only one in Nats world that likes it, but Mackenzie Gore, phenomenal. If he was still a prospect, he'd be in the top 10 overall. He no longer counts as a prospect. Uh, Robert Hassel is fantastic. In fact, if you look at his stat line in the minors right now, his career stat line is pretty reminiscent of a Trey Turner type stat line. So that's that's pretty nice. Who, by the way, got Trey Turner the last time the Nats made a trade with the Padres. So there is that. Uh, Robert, uh, or James Wood, rather, might be by some, I was looking up some scouts for the Padres, and some of their scouts consider James Wood to be their best prospect um, overall, which is impressive. So, And we can't look look past C.J. E. Abrams either. Um, he'll start in AAA for the Nats for a week or two, and then he'll be up. So that's kind of my take. And then, I, I mean, I can't blame Eric Hosmer for not wanting to go to D.C., right? Like, that's guy got to orchestrate his no-trade clause. We get Luke Voigt instead. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that pretty well encapsulates it. I don't, there's no way to tell winners or losers right now, right? You need to wait, like, five years to see who won or lost this, this deal.
0: James, any other thoughts on the Soto deal?
2: Um, I mean, other than, you know, the second-best player being Delta San Diego today, um, no, not much. I mean, in terms of, like, fantasy value, you know, I, I Bell's going to play every day with both Padres' first baseman gone. Um, yep. I do like Luke Voigt hit, getting to play every day as well. In uh, I mean, he only hits right-handed pitching anyway, but... Uh, I do like him getting to play every day. So maybe, you know, a flyer on Luke Boyd if he's available. Um, 13 home runs this year, all 13 against righties. Um, I, I think it's like such a good look. Like the original, when we saw the trades, Matt, I think you and I were on a call, and Mackenzie Gore wasn't in the deal and then was added afterwards and like just an in incredible little wrinkle, the after wrinkle just to get Mackenzie Gore in that deal is tremendous. So um, the Nats did a great job. Obviously, the Padres lineup is super scary. Um Very interesting how they, you know, deploy it. Uh I mentioned, I think I, I want to see them lead and Profar off. So we don't see Jake Cronenworth like hit fourth, uh, maybe, you know, move him down the lineup, maybe fifth. But I think that could only improve some of the people around the Padres lineup. Like if Profar does lead off, Obviously huge bump to him with who's behind him. He's gonna get so many pitches to hit. Um and, and the guys behind him, like, you know, they kept Will Myers, right? They didn't a yes. moving Myers yet. So nope. he was um, playing,
1: I was just watching the Rockies Padres game before we um before we started recording and he actually scored a run for them to make it, I think, seven five or eight five Padres or whatever. Yeah, I
2: mean I mean I think these all these guys on the Padres benefit from all this because um Two, three, four are going to get all the pitches or no pitches to hit and everyone else is going to say, you know, get the pitches to beat um, the opposing team. So um, big boost for for Padres value outside of the obvious, you know, three names that we talk about. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And one thing that I wrote about in the tracker with C.J. Abrams is a guy he's it's one of those things where he comes up to the major struggles a little bit, goes to triple A and crushes yeah. it. Um, Matt, is there any interest in him maybe in deep release? I talked about maybe with his speed, maybe getting some stolen bases down the stretch in Washington. I understand that, you know, temper expectations a little bit. And I also mentioned that I don't, I think it'd be wise for the Nats to slow play Gore's return here because, you know, I hate to break it to you, not really playing for anything left here in the 2020. I mean, they never
1: were. So, like, true, true. But um, is there.
0: I mean, let me let me put it to you this way: any interest in C.J. Abrams in Washington down the stretch? And if you had to pick of the prospect hall that they got, which are you most excited
1: about? Um, okay, so let's go with Abrams first. He could be interesting for stolen bases. Um, like I said, he's probably going to spend like two weeks down at AAA, um, just getting acclimated and and whatnot, and then might come up. There's some question as to whether he'll play second or short because there is Luis Garcia. Yes, one of the four Luis Garcias in the major leagues plays for the Nats. He plays shortstop currently, but he could move to second. Um, I presume, by the way, if you have Brady House as a prospect, get ready to see him at third base, because I presume he's going to move to third base ultimately. Um, So, yeah, if you're in a deep league and you need stolen bases, maybe take a shot on C.J. Abrams. Um, And in terms of who I'm most excited about, I don't know. I mean, technically, Abrams and Gore don't count as prospects anymore, right? They've they've been bumped out of the prospect rankings because they both went over those limits. So in terms of the ones that are left, I don't know. I mean, I really like Robert Hassel, but James Wood might be my favorite one. He's got power for days. He might have the most power, aside from maybe Jordan Walker, of anybody in the minors. Um, He's got a pretty good hit tool. Also, interesting note, he was high school teammates with Elijah Green, who the Nats took at fifth overall in the first round of the draft like a week ago. So I would say James Wood, he's going to be a longer burn type guy. I don't think he's going to be up quite as quickly as Hassel, but I think overall he might actually have a higher fantasy ceiling.
0: Now, James, the Yankees were involved at the trade deadline to say the least they said screw them prospects we don't need them we're <laughs> selling out now which hey i get it you know they you know prospects may or may not pan out but banners fly forever and rings stay shiny for quite a long time so something to keep in mind there but with the Yankees they went to Oakland got Frankie Montas and Lou Trevino to help with the the their pitching side of things they made a couple of other moves and then It's almost, you never get like in fantasy leagues, you get to the trade deadline, you know it's coming, and you're like, screw it, I just got to make a move. That's almost what it felt like leading up to the deadline. So, James, I'm going to go ahead and let you go here. Talk about the Yankees and their moves. Personally, I think my favorite move that they did might not even have been the Frankie Montas deal, but let's hear your thoughts about the Yankees' entire trade deadline.
2: I mean, they were, it was flawless until it wasn't. Um, And I've, I, I'm confused um, a little bit because the Yankees went into the deadline needing pitching, and they addressed that at the bullpen. I, I love the bullpen moves they got. Um, Ifras has been amazing out of the pen. Um, Lou Trevino was great last year, and if you look at some of his numbers this year, he's literally like the second most unlucky pitcher across Major League Baseball. Um, you know, that can well, – I mean, there's only positive regression on the horizon for Trevino – um, and again, again, we've talked, I think we talked about last week, Colby, like that's what they needed. They needed pitching, but they also needed starters. And they obviously addressed that with Frankie Montas with, you know, concerns about innings with Tyone and, uh, Nestor Cortez, cause they both really haven't thrown a lot in the last few years. And, and in Nestor's case ever, um, there's obviously concerns with Domingo Herman, um, you know, not the, the prettiest past uh, with off the field issues and staying healthy, um, and that's very concerning considering they dealt Jordan Montgomery. And that was the, the really nail in the coffin. Like you, you acquire a guy who puts the ball in play and Andrew Benintendi to start. You trade Joey Gallo. You don't give up your top four prospects in your farm to do all of this. They make four moves. Don't, uh, don't lose their top four prospects, two of which um, elite shortstop prospects and Jason Dominguez, you know, 19 years old, a lot of pop. Um, and then you trade one of your most reliable arms over the last couple of years, the only lefty you have in your rotation, and you trade him for an outfielder who is currently on the IL after just addressing the issue in the outfield. Um, I And it's not that I don't like Harrison Bader. I like Harrison Bader's speed. I think he has some decent pop, too but it just didn't make sense for the Yankees when the concern was pitching to begin with Um, the offense. I don't know if anyone's, you know, noticed. I don't know if Brian Cashman has been sleeping uh, in like a dark confined space uh, without power or TV or any, uh, if his eyes don't work or uh, the Yankees score runs, you know, they score a lot of runs and mainly thanks to like the guy who might, you know, rival 60, 65 home runs this year. Um, So it was a great deadline until it wasn't. And uh, it's really disappointing knowing that the Montgomery trade didn't have anything behind it. Because at first you're like, oh, maybe Pablo Lopez. Well, then Pablo Lopez doesn't go anywhere. Um, So it it hurt because I'm not sure where the Yankees turn to. Um, They have a couple guys in the farm that, you know, are going to make it to the majors this year, but uh, I, I'm not in love with the de- the deal uh, that really, really hurt my uh hurt my love for this deadline. It really did.
0: yeah, and it's it's interesting because Bader's a guy who can, when healthy, run a little bit, play yep. some good defense, nice little, you know fill a little void for that that Yankees line. and I wrote it in the trade deadline tracker. I understand Jordan Montgomery might be far from spectacular doesn't light up the radar gun. He just gets out. And, you know, I kind of also equated it to like you go to a restaurant that you've been to numerous times, you want to try something new, but there's something just perfect about all reliable. Why mess up something yep. that's good? There's safety and security and reliability And Montgomery has been there and it's, you don't see it often. It's, you know, it's not like the nationals were like, Oh, we need to get outfielders. So then they just go and trade Juan Soto. It just doesn't, <laughs> right. you know, it doesn't work like that. It's, it, that move was very interesting, and I don't want to say it completely takes all the shine off of what they did leading up to that point, but I think we're going to talk about that one yeah. more than anything because what what could have gone wrong for the Yankees up until that point? I mean, they got someone to give a top twenty prospect for Joey Gallo, who's hitting like oh thirteen <laughs> in his past <laughs> in his past hundred at bats. it's it is it's quite interesting. And Matt, I know you had talked about when we got on here that the the prospect the Yankees got for callow, all things considered is is quite decent. It's a really good haul for a guy who largely has been a bust this year to, to say the least. I don't know how else to really put that. So um, any thoughts for you, Matt with the Yankees deadline?
1: Yeah, I mean, Clayton Beater, who is the uh, pitching prospect the Dodgers forked over to get Joey Gallo. If you go back and look at my trade possibilities article for Soto, I had him listed in a package the Dodgers could give up to go get Juan Soto. Um, He is their MLB pipeline. Adam is their 15th ranked prospect uh, midseason. He's a double A guy. He factors as probably a back end um, starter if all goes well, or certainly a high leverage reliever. He's got a very nice one-two punch there that could play well. Uh, if he figures out a quality third pitch, he could be a back-end uh, rotation. But, like, he's in double-A, so it's not like they made that move and then they're going to call Clayton Beater up to be a fifth starter right now. Like, uh, looking at roster resource at the moment, they have Garrett Cole, then Montas, then Nasty Nestor, the now-only lefty in the rotation. Yeah, I'm sorry. I messed um, up. I don't know why I said Monk or only lefty. Domingo Herman and then Tyone as their five starters. Okay, but, like... That's that that's not great. Severino still injured. Um the bullpen took hits. You're really not gonna rely on like Clark Schmidt or Debbie Garcia or now the injured Luis Gill, right? Like that uh, it was very weird to see that that move happen. Um and you're really chasing like first of all, the Yankees lead the league in defensive runs saved. Yep. Okay. They're only soft spot is center field with playing judge is it though is judge even a soft spot yes because he was minus six in defensive run saved this year that's the only
2: in center specifically Yes.
1: yes right but here's my question why not just move him to like left and play benintendi in center like you had you have moves you have guys that you could have used there i don't I don't know, and then to get a dude who's injured, like if you're gonna make that move, you gotta get a guy who can actually help you, not a guy who's got plantar fasciitis, which I suffer from, and when you get it, you can't run, you can't be on your feet, which is the whole job of a center fielder. So, like, I do I don't, I don't get it. Cashman was doing well. The Red Sox floundered uh, quite a lot. Um, the I guess the Blue Jays convinced Whit Merrifield to go get vaccinated, um, to go fill a hole there. Nobody else in the division really did anything, so it was your—you were just going to widen the gap, and then you went and screwed it up.
0: Yeah, and the you mentioned like the Blue Jays getting Merrifield. I like I I like that move a good bit. One oh, I
1: do too. Yeah, for sure. Like impressive that you turned. Because, like, just last week, he didn't go to Toronto because he wasn't vaxxed.
0: Yep. And so, I mean, one would think he's got – I mean, with the home games being there, he's probably going to probably probably get vaccinated there. Probably Imagine has he doesn't.
2: To. Imagine he doesn't. Imagine that's a twist, and they, he just doesn't. He's like, nah,
1: I'm good. Yeah, I mean, Howard Bender <laughs> said that – Merrifield said during the All-Star break that if he was traded to a contender, he would get vaxxed.
2: I'm just – I just want the world to burn – now that the Yankees traded Montgomery, so I'm just hoping for the worst.
0: Well, you know, one time on an episode, James, you and I had basically talked about any time you get a chance to take a shot at the Red Sox, you're going to do it. True. I oh, I, don't they well, no, I don't know idea. what they did. I don't know what they did. They did a little two-step on both sides of the fence. We're going to sell, but then it's like, No, shoot, no, we don't want to do that. So then we're going to go get Tommy Pham. And it's like, no, well, we're going to go get Eric Hosmer. But then we're going to send out Christian Vasquez in some random order. What's one word to describe the Boston trade deadline other than confusing? That's the best one I can come up with.
1: Flummoxed?
2: Yeah, weird. I don't know. We're just weird. Okay, we
0: just saw who the sophisticated one
1: was. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Weird, confused, and flummoxed.
1: (laughs) I, I I don't know what... What and by the way, why couldn't the Nats and Padres figure out like a three team deal to get Hosmer to Boston and then maybe a little bit of stuff, you know, more stuff to the Nats? I don't know. But that was that was weird. That was very it was very, very weird. It did
0: yeah, it did not I mean, it Reese did McGuire.
1: You got a guy who who slaps people and then you got a guy who got caught um doing Math, inappropriate Math, things in the master. mall. Masturbating, just say it, masturbating. Yeah, and then, you know, I don't know. It's just a weird, and then Hosmer's like... So weird, dude. Kind of, sort of stable first base, but not really. But, like, why not just call up Tristan Casas?
2: Yep. Like, that's, probably, that's probably the question on everyone's
1: mind, right? Like, like why why not why not just call that guy up? And then you put a ridiculous price tag on J.D. Martinez. For no reason and then ship Christian Vasquez out for, like, a bucket of peanuts.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, Matt, who, who had
1: a worse one, the Mets or the Red Sox?
2: Uh, the Red Sox, because ultimately the Mets get Jacob DeGrom back at the deadline.
1: Okay, but we're not counting, like... <laughs> Why? I mean, yeah, the Padres get Tatis back at the deadline. Too. Yeah, but, but we like, they
2: already won. Like, we don't need... They've already won the... They've won the world.
1: But, like, in the moves made today, why did the Mets feel they had to give up four dudes to go get Darren Ruff? Yeah, it's confusing.
2: Especially when J.D. Yeah. Davis has historically been good against lefties, and that's all Darren Ruff can do. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Yeah, those
0: those those were interesting. And then you look at some other teams, too. I'm, Matt, I'll probably kind of put you on the spot here. But looking at a starter-reliever combo, Phillies get Noah Syndergaard. They also had David Robertson earlier in the day because— Well, we'll get to the Cubs then in a little bit, because there's some thoughts with the Cubs there. But they get Noah Syndergaard and David Robertson. But then when you look at a team like the Twins, they go ahead and they add Michael Fulmer. They get Tyler Male from Cincy. They give a couple top 30 prospects for him. Also got Jorge Lopez from Baltimore. Again, not a shock that he was dealt. Um, So which like starter-reliever trio do you prefer the rest of the way? Is it the Phillies Hall or Minnesota's Hall?
1: I'm actually going to pivot and go with the Braves.
0: I didn't know that Mm. was an
1: option, but okay. Mm. Because they got Jake Odor. They traded Will Smith, who I think they got tired of with that shenanigans with Soto before the All-Star break, where Mm -hmm. Soto basically went cry-face emoji when he made it to first base. Um, They shipped him back to Houston to go get Jake Oterizzi to help their starting rotation. And then they gave up basically nothing in Mm -hmm. Jesse Chavez and Tucker Davidson to get uh, Rizal Iglesias. So I don't know. I mean, I like what the Twins did quite a bit with those with the two bullpen pieces and Tyler Mollet, who is an underrated starting pitcher and gets a big boost in getting out of Cincinnati in terms of ballpark factors. Um I'm gonna go with the Braves one, Twins two, Phillies three. James.
2: I will just swap or I'll swap um Atlanta and Minnesota. Uh, I love what Minnesota did the whole day. And I I think last week, Colby, I said I thought the Twins were in on Luis Castillo. I was just wrong on the Reds pitcher. Um, I love that deal because he has been super good uh, yeah. pitching in a very bad ballpark, as you mentioned, Matt. And they got two great arms, another thing I mentioned last week was I wanted the Yankees to just go attack Detroit's bullpen and just get everyone from there and just make it Detroit the Detroit Yankees in the bullpen because they've been good. Um getting Fulmer and and Jorge Lopez to go along with Mali is is a great addition for a team. Again, uh, we Matt you mentioned earlier, divisions going for it. Nobody in the central did anything. Nothing. Nope. The Guardians didn't do anything. The White Sox saw Tony LaRusso fall asleep in the first inning last night didn't do anything
1: tried um, to get
2: tried to get Otani but gave Yeah, him. they made an <laughs> offer. They made an offer. Tried to get Otani. Okay, I'm so happy for them for making an offer. Um but uh Minnesota realized like we went out in the offseason and gave Korea a deal that no one expected us to and we're in it now. And I think that they addressed their needs. They needed another starter. They got it. They have and now they added Two elite arms in the back of the bullpen. Obviously, you know, value-wise in terms of fantasy, like, you need to be in a saves-hold league for both of them. But, um, or, Col- what did you call it, Colby? A solds league, I think? I um, yeah, so, um, I think Minnesota and, you know, Atlanta not far behind, but I, I do love Minnesota uh, and what they did today.
1: Yeah, I, I can I – can, look, the Twins and the Braves are very close for mm-hmm. me. I, I just think that Ryzele Iglesias and Chanson—that's sure. Jansen That's fair. is – because, like, Jorge Lopez before this year had a career six OERA, right? Like, he's having a wasn't very that, good year. Wasn't that, like,
2: kind of – I mean, we've seen this a bunch of starters getting moved yeah.
1: to yeah, and just being different. Right, but I would have liked to have seen him do it for, like, maybe – this be a year and a half into his deal rather than like four months into him transitioning to a closer. All right. right. Um Michael Fulmer has been very good for Detroit. There's no denying it. I'm just saying in terms of track record, I think the Braves got um a little bit solid a little bit more solid track record. And I mean, yeah, they gave up Will Smith, but I think they were basically done with Will Smith anyway.
2: Like, for the record for the record, I think the Yankees would have been Probably right there if they hadn't moved Montgomery for the for the moves that they did, getting Montas and Efros and and Trevino.
1: But yeah, getting a rookie with five years of team control.
2: Five dude, uh, five years of team control, and he's been dominant in a in a less than ideal situation. So yes, we're
1: going
0: to talk about some teams that maybe didn't make some moves that we thought they might. But there's one question that I do want to ask as I'm looking at it here because it does involve. Uh, a front runner in the NL central, but the Cardinals went and got Jose Quintana and Chris Stratton from the Pittsburgh pirates. And then nothing. They were rather quiet for the most part on the trade front after um, getting those guys there. Did St. Louis do enough here? I mean, yes, they got Jordan Montgomery too. I forgot to mix him in there. So Quintana Montgomery, stratton did the cardinals do enough matt
1: well let's face it it's not like the central is packed full of tough Fair. teams Fair. right like the reds just yeah, gave up one. the reds just gave up because they just shift you know treated. well they have to face the pirates matt that, well, thank you james thank okay you. but like now the pirates are down chris stratton and jose Quintana, so how tough yeah, can they true play?
2: this is um,
1: great counter, but they're
0: loaded they're loaded
1: okay. i mean brian reynolds is a hell of a guy right um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the Reds just shipped out Brandon Drury, the greatest hitter of all time. True. Um, Luis Castillo and Tyler Male. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I the think there was one other bad, guy. You. I thought there was another guy that the Reds traded to maybe. Um, but either way, like the Cubs don't have offense. They're, they're terrible. Um, the Brewers, I really don't know what they're like. The Brewers no, are doing I mean, it with uh, spoken magic. Yep. Like. Yes, they traded Josh Hader, but they did get Tyler Rogers back, which gives them another twenty saves. Got like that was an interesting move. Um, they do get Freddie Peralta back in their rotation, right. so I would I I think that the that the Cardinals did enough. I think. Look, had they given up for Carlson, enough but, for what to win their division? I think so. I don't think the Brewers are going to hold on. I really don't I really don't know how the Brewers are doing it at this point. I honestly don't. If you look at the Brewers offense compared to what the Cardinals run out there on a day-to-day basis, I'll take the Cardinals all the time.
2: I think that they can win the division, but I don't think they're long for the playoffs, which obviously no. is obvious I mean, because they're either I mean, let's face right. it, like, it's a it's a series versus likely the Padres or the Dodgers at some point. Or well, both. you've got
1: <laughs> You've got. I think the three top teams in the NL right now are the Mets, the Braves, right. and and the Padres. I don't think I don't think the Dodgers are going to last in the playoffs. I, really I mean, I, I will. Their take starting their, pitching is a serious problem. Well,
2: it depends. I think a lot of people undervalue this version of Tyler Anderson that they have right now. Um, I think Tony Gonsolin has been largely incredible, which is weird to say. And then I mean, yeah. Kershaw healthy. If your worst pitcher right now is Julio Urias, I feel like you're in a good
1: spot. I mean, yes, they get Bueller back, but Bueller hasn't been (laughs) Fair. Bueller, right? And do you trust Kershaw to keep healthy down the stretch? Do you trust Gonzalez to keep doing what he's like? Sure, their offense is good, but I don't trust that pitching at all.
2: Colby, to answer your question, I would say no, because I'm still, I'm still, like, I just, can't get past there is a i have a absolute mental block that they would not move dylan Dylan carlson and that's the reason that they didn't get one Soto.
1: i mean carlson is technically two days older than Soto.
2: like if that is if that is honestly if he does not turn into babe ruth i hope they disband as a franchise
1: yeah
0: that when that report came out it was almost i don't want to say it's like it's like going to a steakhouse (laughs) but getting a getting a burger and it seems like that was kind of like what was holding them back. Uh, yeah, I I would have liked to see the Cardinals move for Soto, but uh, ultimately they didn't. Matt Sells is happy with the return that he got from San Diego. I'm so also guess,
1: happier watching him play in San Diego than playing in well, St. Louis, but that's just a me thing. <laughs> that, is, that, that, is, that is probably true, and I'm sure it goes without saying. I'm sure you were getting
0: there, but you mentioned the top three teams in the end. I'm sure the Pirates were fourth, but... You didn't get to <laughs> quite finish there, so <laughs> they're probably they do win months. games they're with being no hit.
1: Good. So you know, see, True. that's
0: what I've been saying ever <laughs> since it happened. But that you know, talk about the pirates too; they didn't move David Bednar. I Brian Reynolds that is of a pipe dream. Yeah, that weird. one was weird. The Cubs not moving some really notable pieces that we talked about. So James, I'll kick it over to you. Some what are some of the notable non-deals? You know, the the easy ones that come to mind are like pirates and Bednar. you got the cubs with contreras and half those two are might be the biggest surprises to me uh, what were some of the biggest non-movers at the deadline that you thought were were definitely going to
2: um i mean i thought oakland would have been far more active um with everyone uh, like ramon laureano i think was a perfect piece to get the best crop of prospects back um I just feel like Oakland really missed the boat really just kind of chilling back outside of like obviously outside of the the montas deal like um mm-hmm. not moving Murphy not moving any of their outfield that has been playing well and you know increasing their value I mean they're a dumpster fire of a franchise that have a lot of pieces that I'm sure a lot of teams would have liked um and they didn't move any of them they just they moved their best player that's it it just um. So I think I'll just put Oakland in a in a bubble. Like I, we could have obviously said the Cubs were, like you said, uh, it's like the chalk answer. So I'll just go Oakland as a whole. I think um, they really they really missed out on a on a good deadline. Matt.
1: Yeah, it's hard to. So we'll see what happens with the Cubs because if they can in fact find the money to extend Contreras in half, then. There's reason not to move it, but right now it looks like they're going the Rockies route, which didn't exactly, you know, what the Rockies did with Trevor Story, which didn't exactly work out okay. well for them. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of tricky about the ones that weren't made, because obviously we don't know all of the, the talks um, that happened and whatnot, but... I would say Texas not doing anything. Mm -hmm. Like, they didn't do anything.
2: In which direction? Do you think Texas should have been buyers, or do you think they should have been
1: sellers? To go from we're one of the three teams involved in the Soto sweepstakes to not landing a single damn player or getting rid of anybody? Like, they didn't move Martin Perez. They didn't move. There's another starter they could have moved. There's some bullpen guys that have been okay.
2: They did move John Gray
1: to the I.L. Right. Okay. So you don't have pitching. You're paying $500 million for your woeful middle infield. And you're sitting there watching the Mariners load up on people and the Astros load up on people. Like, I don't know. That was a little weird to me. The Bednar one was interesting for sure. I'll also toss the Nats in there, too. 'cause there's a bunch of expiring contracts they didn't move that they probably could have gotten something for um like not not much but like what's the p like they did it last year they moved a bunch of dudes on expiring contracts to get um like they shipped a pitcher I don't remember who uh they shipped a pitcher to St. Louis to go get Lean Thomas who's been a pretty decent outfielder for them they could have done something like that i don't know but i'll i'll, I'll go with i don't remember who i said originally texas. i think it was I think it was texas uh any tr- texas. or
0: is there any surprise cuz it seemed like a lot of talk especially in the bullpen and um james had mentioned it that the yankees should be just become the detroit bullpen but you know they did move fulmer but they didn't move uh and they didn't move Andrew Chafin or Shafin. I say Chaffin because it sounds cooler. Definitely not how you pronounce it, but <laughs> it sounds cooler that way. A lefty specialist, as well as Gregory Soto, who's been excellent, was one of my fantasy darlings coming into the year. But any surprise that that they didn't move either of those two?
2: Yeah, especially because they moved Grossman, right? Like, once Fulmer. they moved, yeah, and Fulmer. Like once they moved them, it's like it should have been open season, and then it just wasn't. It was yeah. a weird deadline, man. It was a weird deadline.
1: It was, because there were some big names that we thought were going to get moved, and then, you know, I don't know if people set the asking price too high because they saw what Luis Castillo got, and they saw what Soto and Bell got, and they saw, I don't know. But that was that was interesting to me as well. I thought San Francisco could move some of their pieces. Yeah, for sure. Pieces, the
2: Rodon like, asking price was out of control.
1: Yeah, but they have bullpen guys. That have been good, that could help somebody. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm I'm there with you with the Tigers. I don't know if AJ Hinch doesn't want to go through a full rebuild, but he can suck it, in my opinion. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but I, you, you know, you don't know exactly what the asking prices are mm-hmm. for some of these guys. Um, but yeah, I thought I, I thought there were deals that could have been made given what like the Phillies gave up to get a rental Thor or what I don't know an injured Harrison Bader gets you a number three starter like some of those things are interesting that nothing else got done
2: that's what I get for talking crap to Hal but as for telling him that they're crazy for not including Dylan Carlson um then I have to watch the Yankees trade Jordan Montgomery for Jake Paul. Jake Paul's look like so his <laughs> his doppelganger is now a Yankees, so that's great.
1: Yeah, that's gonna go over well in the clean cut locker room of the Yankees. Yeah,
0: I'm so excited, so happy. We'll see. We'll see how long that foot issue keeps him on the shelf, or how long he can postpone. The I mean, Kobe. what were your, inevitable, what
1: were your, some of your surprises?
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I kind of looted it into, but I, I definitely thought Detroit, like you guys had said, once, once the first two dominoes fell, I thought it was going to be a full on fire sale in Detroit, namely, namely Soto. I thought Gregory Soto, that is, thought right. he would be interesting. And I mean, I've been saying it for weeks now. It feels like in early August, I was like, there's no shot that David Bednar does not get traded. That was just, it, it's Pittsburgh's MO. Get the reliever. Don't contend. Trade the reliever for prospects and continue the cycle. That's what they've done. They didn't do it. Uh, That one, the Bednar one, was interesting. I don't know how much I believe... It seems like teams were sniffing around Pablo Lopez in Miami. I don't know how much... I don't know how reluctant they were to actually pull a trigger unless they were going to get some massive type deal. To me, that just seemed like kind of like you know, like the Angels were listening on Otani, but it's like, you really got to blow us away with an offer that anybody would be dumb enough to offer in the first place. Cause it's just outlandishly egregious. That's kind of what the Pablo Lopez news seemed like to me, but you know, the Yankees were Yankees were in on him. It seemed like, but again, in like Matt said, we just don't know asking prices. Right. And you can, you can call on anybody. It doesn't matter. Right. You, you know, they can't block you from calling. They're going to call <laughs> whoever they want. You know, teams have probably been calling on trout for years. Teams have been calling on Josh Hager right. for years and they finally just moved him. Um, so it's just, it's so hard. We're, we're not, super plugged into that for all we know the you know the marlins could have been asking for six top prospects for pablo lopez it's like okay he's not going anywhere
1: yeah i mean i heard some rumblings that the asking price was high but like i don't know what that qualifies as now because based on some of the names that we saw and what they garnered i don't know what high is right i know that the asking price on jd martinez was high because it was like a top three prospect a major leaguer and then another piece i'm like that dude's like a rental. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I know that the Yankees tried to get Luis Castillo. Yep, but the Reds were asking for Volpe.
2: Yeah, and, and the only the only way Volpe was being moved is in a Soto.
1: Yeah, for Juan Soto, not
2: Gregory. Yes, Soto. not Gre- well. <laughs> they thought about Gregory too, but the Tigers actually turned that one down.
1: And I'm, uh, let let's put. Let's put the Yankees not being in on Juan Soto as, a, as an interesting surprise, too. Dude,
2: they had—I've like, been saying it from day one. They Matt, on a short list, they are, like, at the top of that list with the amount—with the haul that they could have given. The
1: They are a top—yeah, I mean, they are a top-five farm system. It's not just, like, oh, everybody bloviates about the Yankees. No, they—like, legit talent. Like, right. Anthony Volpe has five-plus tools. Yeah, he's— so, yeah. Uh, let's also not forget about Oswald Peraza, who's also pretty like if he was your shortstop, he'd be the top shortstop in your system. The only right. reason he's not is because a guy named Anthony Volpe's ahead of him. Uh, Jason Dominguez is 19 and like has been comp to the next Mike Trout. We'll see if yep. that pans out, but the dude's got tools for days, so they could have offered very impressive like Waldachuk could have gone there for Soto plus some other pieces. And that's your escape card for not having to pay Aaron Judge $75 million a year at age 30. That's your escape card. You get a 23-year-old Juan Soto. You pay him the money that you now don't have to pay Judge. And you let Judge walk and go, sorry, we got a 23-year-old to replace you. Yep. That was interesting because I thought they could have easily matched the the, the, um, Padres. The Padres, maybe their concern was they didn't have enough major league talent that they could
2: Glaber. have. They could have, Glaber Taurus.
1: I mean, they could have given up Glaber, yeah, for sure. But if you want a major league pitcher, fair, no. well,
2: up Jordan fair. apparently Jordan Montgomery yeah. yeah. was available, right? I mean,
1: I guess so. That was that was kind of interesting. Do
2: you think the play? uh, do you think the White Sox, when they called about Otani, offered La Russa in the deal? They were like, hey. We have someone super sleepy for you guys, and uh, he's not a player. But I heard you guys are looking for a manager.
1: I don't know. I watched I watched people defend TLR way too much today, yeah. and I'm like, this guy sucks. He should have been gone. He should have never been hired in the first place. Guys, more got more DUIs than World Series rings. So like, why is he being hired? Hard your
0: sound. Now. There's your sound clip from the episode. <laughs> Amongst all the analysis and everything we talked about, right
1: there is your sound clip. Yep. For
0: this episode. Oh, jeez. I mean,
1: any 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 other curious moves we want
0: to No, but give you a follow on Twitter at the salesman because <laughs> that gets clipped, that's going to be hysterical yep. on Twitter. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that is that is your move there, but you know, we could go hours talking about all these trades, all the ones that matter, all the ones that probably don't matter in the grand yep. scheme of things, just cuz it's fun yeah. to talk about, you know. Um I mean, but Yeah. I mean, we could sure, but you know, we got to put a bow on this episode. But of course, everyone loves talking winners and losers. And Matt, I know you're. I know you say it takes years to see who actually won the trade, and I agree with you because you got to let the prospects pan out. Um, but for the sake of this, for your next sound clip, in case that one doesn't take off, which it's a hundred percent going to, um, Matt, what, who is your biggest winner and biggest loser at the deadline? It can be a team or a player. I'll give you both options.
1: Um. Oh. I guess
2: Padres and move on.
1: I mean, it's got to be the Padres. They get at least two and a half years of Soto.
2: Just say the Padres and move on.
1: I mean, it's gonna be the Padres slash Juan Soto. He clearly didn't want to be in DC. Rosenhaus or whatever his name is, Boris, the other super agent, uh, gets him out of DC, which he hates signing hitters for. And by the way, I'll give you. I have an odds on bet that Soto will sign for less money in San Diego than he was offered in DC. Betcha that's gonna happen. Less AAV for sure. Um so I would say that and losers I kinda gotta go with the Mets. Fair enough. Like they just like of all the pieces out there, they didn't they got Darren Ruff and <laughs> Michael Gibbons. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Uh Um,
2: I mean, look, when you get Brandon Drury into your like injected into your offense, just like you know, inject that into into my veins, you know. Um, and then the Soto guy is pretty good himself. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like it's San Diego. There's a large gap, and then I would say Minnesota. Um, I like what uh Seattle did, you know. Especially, can't
1: it, Luis Castillo.
2: yeah, you can't overlook Luis Castillo. I think Seattle was a, <laughs> a, a perfect landing spot for him. So, um, losers, um, I'm just gonna, I know, like the Cardinals, I want to go the Cardinals for principle, not because I think they did good. I do think they added two good starters. Um, but just the fact that you give up Dylan Carlson, who's like never gonna hit 20 home runs in a year, um, is just. The, they're my loser. Like, they're just – they're losers.
0: Yeah, obviously the Padres are the big ones. If not them, I like what the Mariners did. I think they did well. And the Ryzel Glacius trade kind of sure. put Atlanta close to over sure. that edge for me as well. So, I like what they did. Um, losers, can I just say that AL Central minus Minnesota? Sure. Considering that
2: none of them did anything. <laughs> not, really? not a move. Not a, <laughs> Well, they Whit like Witt- so, Merrifield was traded. That was the only other well, move. Also,
1: Luke, Luke Weaver went to the Royals for – like Emmanuel Rivera, like a third yeah. baseman. Cam Gallagher was involved somewhere too.
2: Yeah, yeah. Ben and was traded a couple days ago. Like Yeah. But Let's nobody say, got and nobody acquired any players. Yes. Outside of so,
0: Minnesota. Outside Minnesota.
2: Minnesota basically.
0: did okay. But yep, yeah, that would be that would be mine. And of course, who knows? We could look back two, three years from now and Soto doesn't re-sign in San Diego. Bell walks at the end of this year. The Nationals have this powerhouse team facing the the pirates in the series, right before the world series to head there in the national league. It's just, you never know what's going to happen. By the way,
1: can, can I, can I put out a very bold prediction? I'm for not going to So the Nats are going to get sold, right? Everybody knows that. The learners yep. are in the process. It looks yep. like it'll be Michael Kim, who is like a hedge fund guy from New York, who, by the way, you can suck at Mets fans. He's worth $7.7 7 billion, which is basically three times more than Steve Cohen is worth. Um, so I think I think with the new ownership, you can convince some team, some players to sign there. I'm going to put out a bold prediction that they get not only Josh Bell back, who loved it in D.C., but they also get Trey Turner back because he's a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, so they sign those two and then fill in with all their, their nice new prospect toys that have them ranked as a top six system now.
0: Bold, that is bold. That's bold, Matt. And tell you yeah, what the matters.
1: Dodgers have had a year and a half to sign Turner, and they haven't done anything.
0: That's true. That's this about like your third or fourth or fifth clip, clip-worthy statement. Yeah, that's clip. That, that's impressive.
2: We're gonna start calling them clip Sells. Ooh, drop the mat. It's just clip Sells now. That's your new. That's your new street name. Yep.
0: That's yeah, That's a nickname. It's clip. That's, that's that's the way to go with it. But that's hey, why I like that. <laughs> You, you sorry, when, when you put out fire clips, that's what happens. You get the name. Nicknames are made for you. They're never self-proclaimed. True. So, you are now Clip. So it's a pleasure. It's been a pleasure, as always. The MLB trade deadline this year did not disappoint. A lot of big names, big prospects were dealt. We'll see how it all shakes out. Not only just the rest of 2022, but for in the years to come, really. And we'll see how, who knows, maybe Harrison, maybe, maybe Bader comes back good. And maybe James bites his words with, the montgomery deal but probably not but hey you never know what can happen we'll have to see but check out all the moves written up over in the mlb trade deadline tracker at fantasyalarm.com and once you're done doing that check out the nfl draft guide which is free it is right around the corner that being the fantasy football season so make sure you're checking that out but don't give up on your fantasy baseball teams keep checking out all the great content we have at fantasyalarm.com you can find clip on twitter at the Salesman, and then James Grande is at the underscore real underscore Grande on Twitter. So we'll be back next week talking more news and notes as we're about a week away from the trade deadline at that point, or a week past the trade deadline, I should say. So we'll be talking all news and notes like we do normally on the fantasy alarm, fantasy baseball podcast. So until then have a great week and we will talk to you in about seven or so days in the next edition of the fantasy alarm, fantasy baseball podcast.